Welcome to the Mariners Cast, presented to you by Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It is Monday, October 16th, 2023. Today is our second base overview. For the Mariners, we will be looking at Mariners' second-base decisions over the previous season, what the Mariners may be thinking about doing in this upcoming 2024 season and the offseason. Uh, we'll look at potential free agents, a couple of trade candidates, talk minor leaguers uh, in the Mariners' system who might be candidates to play second base this upcoming year and in the future. And then I will uh, end with what I believe should be the plan for 2024 for the Mariners at the second base position. So as you all know, uh, second base was a very difficult position for the Mariners to fill and to get production from in 2023. Uh, the plan coming into the season was to play uh, Colton Wong at second base with Dylan Moore uh, spelling him against most left-handed pitching. Uh, Wong is now 33 years old. We don't have to rehash how terrible his season was. We know uh, that he was really bad in 250 plate appearances total between the Mariners and the Dodgers. But the one thing I do want to bring up with regards to Colton Wong is that the process in bringing him in as a bat-first second baseman was the correct process by the front office. 2023, last year, his WRC plus was 18. We all know how terrible that is. We all watched it in real time. We all wanted to bludgeon our eyes with ice picks, watching him hit uh, as our starting second baseman. But in 22, WRC plus was 116. He was 16% better than league average weighted runs created in 2022. That is across all positions, not just second base. In 2021, he was 9% better than league average with the 109 WRC plus. Uh, COVID shortened 2020, 92 WRC plus. 2019, 109. In 18, 99. In 17, 108. So one, two, three, four of the previous six seasons coming into last season, he was above average, above league average WRC plus. And he was 109 in 21 and 116 in 22. Outside of age, there was no real way to see that see this falling off of a cliff by Colton Wong. In my opinion, the process in acquiring Colton Wong for the from the Milwaukee Brewers was the correct one. I believe Jerry Depoto would do it again, given the numbers, given the player. I do not fault him for not seeing this drop off. I will fault the front office for not uh, cutting the cord quicker. I understand what they were doing. I don't agree with what they did as far as holding on to him for as long as they did. But he was the plan coming into 2023. Dylan Moore, he ends up being your uh, mostly a right-handed hitting platoon play, short side platoon player in the outfield for the Mariners last year. But he can play second. He played a lot of second. And he can play short as well. Dylan Moore is 31 years old. The Mariners signed him to a 
three-year, about $9 million contract. Uh, last season, he is signed through 2025 at $3 million a year for a productive short-side platoon utility player. That is not a lot of money. Most teams will take that. Uh, he played at first, second, third, short, left, center, and right field last season, primarily left field and second base. His triple slash last year was 207, 303, 428. In 165 plate appearances, he had seven home runs and seven steals, 10% walk rate, 31% K rate, 105 WRC plus, and he was worth 0.7 fan graphs war. But he's been a better player in his past. He was worth 2.1 fan graphs war in 2022 and added 126 WRC plus. He was worth 1.1 fan graphs war in 21 and 1.5 in 20. His career or his season split of hitting 222 with the 797 OPS this season against lefties was right in line with his career, 224 with the 751 OPS. The 188 hitter last season against righties on, on his career, 197. So very obviously does not hit righties well, has very little business playing against right-handed pitching. His outs above average was right at league average at zero. Uh, and his speed was in the 58th percentile. Last season, he chased more. He made less contact. He swung more than any other season. And he had a whiff rate that was more than 5% higher than it had been in any other season. He really struggled with pitches other than the fastball. Um, so what I see from him is he's never going to be your... Uh, He's never going to be your everyday second baseman or corner outfielder. He just can't hit righties. But he can be extremely valuable against left-handed pitching, hitting for power, being able to run some, playing decent defense, and being able to play all over the diamond. What he needs to do in the offseason is really clean up his approach at the, at the plate because he chased too much and he didn't make enough contact. So with an improved approach, I think Dylan Moore is a decent piece. Uh on the 2024 Mariners, as we all know, Mariners are probably not going to eat the remaining $6 million on his contract over 24 and 25, even if there was someone better to bring in instead of Dylan Moore. But I'm confident that a healthy Dylan Moore uh, would be a decent piece at the end of your bench going into 2024. Next up at second base is Jose Caballero. Caballero was a revelation in 2023, he is 27 years old, right-handed hitting. Uh, the Mariners traded Mike Leak, former uh, kind of back end of the rotation starter for the Mariners and cash for Caballero at the trade deadline in 2019. This season, he hit 221, 343 with a 320 slug. Uh, in 280 plate appearances, he had four home runs and 26 stolen bases. Much of his on-base percentage was wrapped up in uh, hit-by-pitch. He did have a 10% walk rate, 23.6% K rate, 96 WRC+, plus, but he was worth 2.2 Fangraphs war. That was good for 21st at second base in Major League Baseball. Think about that. Despite hitting 221, he was kind of a bottom third starting second baseman, if you want to look at it that way. Versus lefties, he was much better than versus righties. 265 with a 758 OPS against lefties. 
186 with the 584 OPS against righties. He played primarily second and short, 64 games at second, 21 at short, nine games at third, and one game in the outfield. Outs above average, 94th percentile. He was worth eight outs above average last season, and he was in the 90th percentile for speed. One weird thing about Jose Caballero is that he, his batted ball profile is that of a power hitter, 48% fly balls, only 32% ground ball. That's really high fly ball rate for anyone, let alone a uh, kind of a scrappy utility player and 49% pull rate. So he pulls fly balls, which is not necessarily what you want from a fast utility player. Uh, First pitch swing, only 21.8%. That is 7.8% less than league average. So he clearly is trying to kind of get on base by any means. What I have in my notes for Jose Caballero is that he's a very good 26th man on the roster. So last guy on your roster, very weird batted ball profile, nice player, speed defense, can hit lefties. But between Dylan Moore and Jose Caballero, that gives you two right-handed hitters off the bench who are no good against right-handed pitching. Both play decent defense. Caballero, I would say, plays an elite uh, defense. Both players are pretty fast. Caballero, obviously, faster than Moore. Moore hits for a lot more power. But the question is, on a championship team, do you need both of these guys? Do you want both of these guys at the end of your bench, or do you want one of them? Uh, I think that's a question still left to be answered. I think they're both worthy of a major league roster spot. I don't know if I love the roster construction with both of them on the team. I especially start to uh, question whether that makes sense if you have another right-handed bench bat, as the Mariners did with A.J. Pollock, um, giving you three hitters who can only hit left-handed pitching. Um, That is something to be evaluated as we see how the roster comes together. I'm not opposed to both of them being on the roster, but I think it has to be coupled with the right other players on the bench. Josh Rojas is next, left-handed hitting, uh, primarily second baseman, can play third, uh, has played a little bit of outfield and shortstop in the past with Arizona. He was acquired in the Paul Seawald trade, along with Dominic Canzone and Ryan Bliss at the deadline this season, as we all know. He is arbitration eligible this season. He's a free agent in 27. On the year, he hit 245 with a 338 slug. With Seattle, he hit 272 with a 321 on base and a 400 slug overall. 350 plate appearances, four homers, 12 steals. When he came over, I was very critical of the Mariners. I did not like his plate approach nor his batted ball profile when he was acquired by the Mariners. Uh, He did hit better once he was on the Mariners team. Uh, He walked 7.7% of the time this season. Every other season, he had walked above 10%. 78 WRC plus, but the previous two seasons were 110 and 103. 1.1 Fangraphs war this season, 2.7 and 1.8 the previous two seasons. Uh, ground ball, fly ball mix isn't horrible. Doesn't pull the ball or, or too, too much. Kind of sprays the ball around a bit. Doesn't hit the ball very hard. And his barrel rate and his hard hit rate are also pretty low. So, You know, not an explosive player, 
but I think a player that can hold it down at second base, I don't think he is, he's not going to star for you. Um, the hope is that he doesn't hurt you. Versus Wrighty's last season, he hit 249 with a 653 on base percentage. For his career, he hit lefties and righties pretty even. 253 versus Wrighty's 701 OPS. Uh, he played 49 games at second and 48 games at third last season. Outs above average, 6, 91st percentile in baseball, 35th percentile speed. So another player who is imperfect, another player who I think needs to be paired with the right guy. Uh, I think that's part of what is frustrating Mariners fans. When you look at second base, you've got all these pieces who have to fit with the right other piece and take up a roster spot. And collectively, you know, if you have a platoon of Rojas and Moore or Rojas and Caballero, I don't think that's the worst case scenario. But from a fan standpoint, when you're thinking about it, it's it's not as sexy. It's not as um, fun as having a, you know, Glaber Torres or a, you know, even a Tyro Estrada or somebody like that. This is this is not as fun as that. But my argument is it could potentially be as effective. We'll talk about that in a minute. So once again, more faces lefties, can play some outfield, play some shortstop. Caballero faces lefties. Shortstop, second base, a little bit of third base, faster, better defender than Moore. Rojas, left-handed hitter, right about league average, not great. Uh, walked more in previous seasons, plays a very good second base. Uh, not going to hurt you in theory, also not going to help you. Which brings me to some more higher upside uh, options. So part of the Paul Seawall trade for the Mariners was acquiring Ryan Bliss. Ryan Bliss is 5'6". He came up as a shortstop. He is now primarily a second baseman. He's 24 years old. He was the second round pick of the Diamondbacks in 21 out of Auburn University, 42nd pick overall. So there is talent there. There is pedigree. Last season, between Double A with the with the Diamondbacks and then Triple A with the Diamondbacks and the Mariners, in 540 plate appearances or at bats, excuse me, Ryan Bliss hit 304, 378 with a 524 slug and a 902 OPS. Those are good numbers. Now Triple A Reno, which is where he played with uh, the Diamondbacks, is very much a hitter's park, but Tacoma's not. So in 540 plate appearances, he had 34 doubles, 23 homers, and 55 stolen bases and played an above average middle infield. In Tacoma, he had a 12.8% walk rate and a 23% K rate. Is Ryan Bliss this good? No. Nobody would tell you that he's going to hit 23 homers and steal 55 bags in the majors. But he needs an opportunity. I have his hit tool as a 50 that's just slightly above average um i think he's a 240 to 270 hitter got his power as a 55 i think he's capable of 15 to 18 home runs 
I have sp- his speed as a 55 plus. I don't think he's all that fast. He's faster than average, but 55 steals means that there's something else there, right? There's some instinct. Um, there's some quickness. So I have it at a 55 plus. And then his field I have as a 55 if he sticks at second base, which I expect him to. So at minimum, I think Ryan Bliss is uh, slightly better than Caballero or Dylan Moore as a utility player. But I think Ryan Bliss is capable of playing second base every day. And I think he's capable of putting up slightly above average offensive production at second base every day and would be a slightly above average defensive second baseman. Could you expect Tyro Estrada numbers, 14 homers, 23 steals, and 530 at-bat plate appearances from Bliss? I think you could. Jonathan India, who everyone was clamoring for from the Reds, who was a terrible defensive second baseman, 17 homers and 14 steals last season, 746 OPS. Is that something Ryan Bliss could potentially do? I think he can. And I think because he would be under team control for six years, and because he's put up the numbers that he has, you have to see if that's who he is. Before you do anything drastic, you have to see what you have in Ryan Bliss. Specifically, you know, you have Cole Young, last year's, First round pick in 2022 out of Pennsylvania High School. 21st overall. He's 20 years old, left-handed bat. Very pure hitter. Top 50 prospect this offseason in all likelihood. Uh, Probably ready in 2025 is my guess. I have a 60-hit tool, 55-plus power, 60-field at second. He's slick. He's a ball player. In A and high A last year, 277, 399 with an 847 OPS. 24 or 34 doubles, nine triples, 11 homers, 22 stolen bases, about the same number as walks and strikeouts. Like Cole Young's a player. And, but before you bring up Cole Young in 25, I want to know what you have in Ryan Bliss. Because if you have two players in Bliss and Young who are highly capable of playing an above average second base then you make the choice to go with one and maybe you deal the other for something else. But I think Ryan Bliss has earned an opportunity to see if he can play regularly at second. I would love to see the Mariners do it. Um, I think if Bliss was on the major league roster to start the season next season, it would come at the expense of either Caballero or Dylan Moore, likely Caballero because Moore has the contract. And I think you play Bliss most of the time and then sprinkle in Rojas all over the diamond, but specifically against tough right-handed pitching instead of Bliss. But I think he's earned the opportunity. Just think about those numbers. 23 homers, 55 steals, 902 OPS in AA and AAA last year, 13% walk rate in Tacoma, above average second base defensively. You play him. And you play him knowing you have Cole Young on the way. Again, Cole Young is a top 50 prospect and a pure hitter. I think his upside is 290 to 300 with, again, 15 to 18 home runs, less speed than Bliss, very consistent second base, um, left-handed bat, just an all-around good player, championship second baseman. The other prospect I wanted to cover is Michael Arroyo. I think Arroyo currently is a shortstop in Loe Modesto. He will probably 
end up at second base. 5'8", 160, 19 years old. He was signed out of Columbia in 22 for $1.375 million. The comp that people give to Michael Arroyo is Howie Kendrick. Howie Kendrick, for those who don't remember, was a big prospect coming out of the Angels organization. Uh, hit over power, right-handed bat, made a ton of contact. Very valuable player. I think he won a batting championship, or bat- I think he's an AL batting champion one year. Uh, Arroyo last year in rookie in a low A ball, 255, 403 with a 400 slug, 803 OPS. Um, he's a slow burn. I think he enters the Mariners' big league picture in 26 or 27, but someone worth mentioning. And it's very clear that the Mariners have players coming on the way at second base, meaning Bliss, Young, Royal down the road. And if I'm the front office, this impacts how much I'm willing to give up for a big-time second baseman moving forward, knowing I have I have very good prospects on the way. So when you're looking at second base, free agent-wise, there's nothing. Javi Baez has a buyout, a huge one that I don't think – I don't think he's opting out. I think he's going to continue to collect his money in Detroit and not a good player anyways. Adam Frazier, uh, I don't think the Mariners are bringing him back. He was okay last season for Baltimore. 13 homers, 11 steals, 240 with the 696 OPS. But Mariners have already been there, done that, got the T-shirt, not interested. Uh, Jorge Polanco is a player I would be very interested in if I was the Mariners. Polanco, $10.5 million club option that I believe the Twins will pick up. If they didn't, I would be all over him as a free agent. Switch hitting second baseman can play a little bit of short. Mariners don't need that. Um, even if they do pick up the club option, given what the Twins have at second base with Edouard Julian, they've got Royce Lewis at third. They've got uh, Carlos Correa at short. I don't know that they need Polanco unless they're DHing him. I would be all over trading for Jorge Polanco. Um, last season, he has been hurt the last couple of years. He's 29 years old. Last season, 343 plate appearances, 14 home runs, 48 RBIs, four steals, 255 with a 789 OPS. That type of OPS is the range that will start to have a true impact on this Mariners lineup. Polanco is not someone you can groove fastballs to, right? This is a player that you could hit second. This is a player you could hit fifth on down. I think he's he could he would end up being very valuable for the Mariners. I would love to see him acquired. Brad Miller, free agent, no go. Right, three hundred. Oh, excuse me, Owen Miller, no go. Three hundred fourteen plate appearances, six seventy four OPS. Whit Merrifield has a mutual eighteen million dollar option with Toronto, seven hundred OPS. He did have eleven home runs and twenty six steals, but he's basically. I don't know, similar to Caballero in some ways and expensive. So no, Tony Kemp, second baseman with the, with the A's left-handed hitter, kind of a utility guy, 607 OPS, 209 average last season, not enough thump. Colton Wong's on that list. I know what you all think about him. Donovan Solano for the twins, good hitter, bat to ball, um, not good enough to make a difference 
for this Mariners team and a little bit old. Ahmed Rosario traded from the Guardians to the Dodgers last season, played shortstop as well. Everyone loves him. He was a top prospect coming up. I get it. 0.2 fan graphs for last season, 88 WRC plus, hits lefties a lot better than righties. Sounds a lot to me like Caballero and Dylan Moore. Don't need him. Gio Urshela has been hurt at times. I don't think he is a starting second baseman. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, not a starting second baseman. So the one player on this list is Jorge Polanco that I would be interested in. $10.5 million club option. If the Twins don't pick it up, the Mariners, it would be malpractice if they don't go hard after him. Even if they do re-sign him, I would look to trade for him. Trade candidates, players who are not free agents at second base, but the, but the Mariners could think about potentially. I, I put basically everybody on this list. We all know Mookie Betts isn't going anywhere. Jose Altuve isn't going anywhere. Matt McClain, uh, second base shortstop for the Reds. Put up some decent numbers last year, 403 plate appearances, 16 homers, 14 steals, 864 OPS. That's phenomenal. 23 years old. Um, I don't think he is a true 864 OPS player. He's also playing in Cincinnati, which is a phenomenal home park. Um, He was a first-round pick, I believe, out of UCLA. Uh, I like him a lot. Would you part with Bryce Miller, Logan Gilbert, Brian Wu for him. Uh, I would want to know what I had in Ryan Bliss first. McLean came up with a little bit more pedigree than Bliss, but not a ton. So I would want to see what I had in Bliss before I made that kind of deal. Ozzy Albies, no, he's not going anywhere. It costs pretty good cost for the Braves, signed a, a team-friendly contract. Zach Geloff was a star for the A's this season. He's not going anywhere. Marcus Simeon, no way. Glaber Torres, I believe the Yankees will put Torres on the market. Um, they have a lot of middle infielders coming up. Obviously, Anthony Volpe, Volpe started at short for them. They've got uh, Oswald Peraza, a lot of guys like that on the way. Torres would be would get them back pitching, which they need. Uh, Glaber Torres last season, 26 years old. 673 plate appearances, so quite the accumulator. 90 runs, 25 homers, 13 steals, 273 average, 800 OPS. I would think long and hard about Brian Wu or Bryce Miller for Glaber Torres. I would not give up Logan Gilbert for him. Um, Again, if you're trading for Torres, you are still bringing up Cole Young in probably in early 25. You still have Ryan Bliss. It's for the next year or two and giving up that starting pitching piece for the next year or two. I think you have to think long and hard about it because he is a good player. I don't know if I would pull the trigger. I have a yes next to his name. I don't know if I could do it. It would be something I'd have to think about. Ha-Sung Kim, 27-year-old shortstop second baseman for the San Diego Padres. I don't think the Padres are dealing him mostly because they fancy themselves as a playoff contender. They've been all in with Soto and Tatis and Machado and Bogarts and the rest. So I think they keep him 626 plate appearances, 17 homers, 38 steals, 749 OPS from Kim and an elite second baseman. 
the type of player I would love to see the Mariners acquire, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't do it for any of the pitching that the Padres would be looking for. Bryson Stott is staying in Philly after his previous season. Jonathan India, rumored uh, as a Mariners target, he's a no for me. Uh, not just my bias against him in fantasy. I just think he's really overrated. 26 years old, 529 plate appearances, 17 homers, 14 steals. He hit 244 with the 746 OPS. That's, like I said earlier, the kind of production that I think Ryan Bliss is potentially capable of. Before I give up big pitching for that production, I need to know that Bliss isn't that guy. Tyro Estrada, 27 years old, 14 homers, 23 steals, 731 OPS. 271 average, a little less power than those other guys I spoke of. Good player for the Giants. I would assume the Giants fancy themselves as contenders. Would they do it for pitching? They might, but I'm not trading Wu, Miller, or Gilbert for him either. And the rest of them are no's. Andres Jimenez signed a big contract before last season, didn't play up to it. Jeff McNeil, too old. Tommy Edmond, people like him a lot because he's versatile and steals bases, but he there's no power, no OPS to speak of. Nolan Gorman is a no for me, partly because I think the Mariners' approach this offseason is to is to find more bat to ball, and Gorman doesn't fit that. So what should the Mariners do? Again, I think the target for me is Jorge Polanco. I asked the Twins what it would take to trade him if they pick up his option, and I go hard after him if – Polanco is um, not signed, right? If he's a free agent, I, I think you go really hard after a player like that. I think he would fit in beautifully. Uh, you know, if Hassan Kim was available, I think you have to think about it. They're going to ask for Gilbert. You tell them no. You see if Wu or Miller is is palatable to them. I still would think long and hard about it, but that's somebody I think you have to consider slightly. Um the rest of them are no's for me. And part of it is the presence of Ryan Bliss and Cole Young. I just think you know you have something coming. And before you give up the farm, before you dip into that pitching, you need to see what's there. So I expect the Mariners to probably sit tight with what they have. If you combine more, I consider more a left fielder and not a second baseman, but I'm going to put him in this pool. If you take Dylan Moore, Jose Caballero, Josh Rojas, and Ryan Bliss, and you go into spring training expecting that two or three of those four are going to take care of second base for you, probably likely, likely Caballero and, and Rojas to start the season and Bliss a little bit later on, although I'd love to see him start on the opening day roster. I don't think you call that a negative or a hole for the Mariners. I think that those two combined are going to give you very good defense and not great offensive output, but some offensive output. It's not the end of the world. It's not what I want to see, but I'd rather see the Mariners go after a player who's going to provide them with a huge jump in offensive production at a different position. I think that first base is a place where if they really wanted to go big, 
that they could take a much bigger jump, right? DH, obviously, because you can put anybody there. Right field. I think there's going to be more opportunity to get better offensively without hurting your defense at other positions. At at second base, you've got help on the way in the minor leagues. I think it's help you need to see if, if if they're capable of being slightly above average. So I'm going to assume they go into spring training with those four on the radar. Dylan Moore, Jose Caballero, Josh Rojas, Ryan Bliss, and kind of let them fight it out. The one player, or I guess the two players who I think are making the roster regardless are Rojas and Moore. Most of that is just because of contract. Uh, And I don't think that's the worst case scenario. I don't love it. I don't think it's the worst case scenario. I think the process will be good. Will the results be great? Not sure yet. Uh, That's my take on second base. Once again, I think if the Mariners can get Jorge Polanco, that's the way to go. Uh, We will see if they're capable of bringing in someone outside of what they already have. I don't think second base is in a terrible spot. I just think it was a glaring um, hole for fans because Colton Wong was so terrible to start off last season. So that's my take on uh, the second base overview for the Mariners heading into 2024. I am incredibly curious to see what the Mariners come up with. Uh, Can't wait to see. Can't wait for this offseason to get started in earnest. Thank you guys for listening to today's Mariners cast. This was Mariners cast number 101. We are presented to you by Sports Ethos. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20. That's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0. And the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Take care, y'all. Enjoy the week. I will be back with my third base overview on Friday. Peace.